please uh, there's a word statement or be our vision in all that we see. You are really our only need, Lord. Help us to understand that. Pray that you bless Pastor Steve as he brings this message to us this morning. It's in your precious name we do pray this morning, Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen. And I want to start um, a brand new series that we're going to be uh, introing today. And then over the next six weeks, we'll be covering one topic each week, all about taking back our lives, learning to make better decisions. And I want to start out with some very important decisions that you're going to need to make. And the first one is this, pineapple on pizza. Yes, yes, yes. or no? Yes. And your answer will determine the course of your life. No, it, it will probably, but it can divide you into various camps. Here's another one. Do you go to checkout line three or seven? The answer is whichever one you go to, you will be there the longest for certain. That is an easy decision. What are some of the other decisions that you make every single day? Hopefully you're not deciding pineapple on pizza every single day. What are the decisions that you make or tend to make every single day? What to wear. Some days we do that. When to brush your teeth, hopefully. Yes. What else? Am I going to let this bother me, or am I going to take a deep breath and move away? Am I going to let something bother me, or am I going to die on this hill once again? The reality is that we make thousands of decisions every day, every single day. And most of them are unconscious. We do them with very little thought, or they're based on the patterns, the habits, our experiences, all sorts of things. And a lot of that stuff doesn't really have a major impact on our lives. But some decisions are incredibly important because they can determine the quality, the trajectory, and outcomes in your life. The day I said yes to Jesus, the day that I said Will you? Those are types of those decisions that have major impacts in our life. Here's the problem. Most of us are actually not good decision makers. We don't always make good decisions. Sometimes we have seasons where we rarely make good decisions. We form opinions and we take Actions that are influenced by so many different sources, by reasoning in our brain, the biases that we have, our emotions, and even the memories of past experiences in life. And I would imagine that most of us have made one or two or a whole handful of dumb decisions that we regret. The kind of ones where you end up wondering, why did I do that? Why did I say that? Of all the things that could have come out of my mouth, why was that the thing? We make decisions that we want to eat right, and then I like my midnight nachos. 
We want to make wise decisions with money and resources, but then we see that and we impulse buy or purchase something. We want to choose our words wisely to make a great impact, but then we put our foot into our mouth. We want to do the right thing, but then sometimes we do the wrong thing. Didn't the Apostle Paul say that in the Bible, that he knows what he's supposed to do, but sometimes he doesn't do that? We want to love those around us well, but sometimes our decisions end up hurting the people that are closest to us. It turns out that most people struggle to make good decisions on a regular basis. But why do we struggle with this as humans? See, we have areas of our, of our life that we're already strong in, or that you've developed and are strong in, and you typically make good decisions in those areas. But there's a lot of reasons that I think we make bad decisions, or should I say less ideal decisions. One of them, I think, is that we get overwhelmed. Researchers say that we make somewhere on the order of 35,000 decisions every single day. And so you can have decisions, like we said, on what you eat or wear. You have decisions on whether you're going to scroll past something or type in a comment. You have decisions about, am I going to take a second look? You have decisions about the people that you interact with at work. Decisions about opening your mouth or keeping it closed all day long, decision after decision after decision. And as the decisions increase, they've actually found that the quality of our decision-making decreases. Is it any wonder that you can start out a, the day on a good note, and by the time you're back at home late at night, you find yourself irritable, you get mad at the dog, you get mad at the kids, your brain actually gets tired of all those decisions. They call it decision fatigue. It's an actual condition that happens to us under high cognitive load. Ever try to have conversation about money with someone else after 10 p.m.? No, not a good idea generally. Doesn't usually go too well. By the end of the day, we're easily irritated and we're tired and we're frustrated. And so we do things like unplug, or binge watch, or eat, or drink, even though we know it's going to cost us tomorrow. All because we got tired of making good decisions. A second reason, or a second problem that happens related to poor decision making is fear. We are afraid sometimes to make a wrong decision. And we overanalyze things that should be relatively simple to the point that, what do we call it, paralysis by analysis. And we get so stuck that sometimes we fail to make any decision. And indecision is itself a decision. We're looking for the perfect school or the perfect job or the perfect person, and sometimes we fail to make any decision. We let perfect become the enemy of good. A third problem is when we allow our temporary passions or emotions to override what we know somewhat is probably the best thing for us or best for us in the long term. We make poor decisions when we're under a high emotional load. 
So if our brain is under a high cognitive load, we can make poor decisions. If we're under a high emotional load, we can also make poor decisions. This is so hard for us because this is how God actually made us, as emotional beings who feel things. Are there certain things that you feel really, really strongly about? Yes, I'm sure there are for you. And so we end up under-analyzing things that we shouldn't, and we overanalyze things that probably don't need to be as well. And then we act impulsively in the heat of the moment. When you get upset, one voice might say, be patient, take a breath, take a beat. But then that other voice says, yell as loud as you can. That'll do it. Or you are tempted and your brain knows this is dangerous, but your emotion or feeling takes over and you say, it's okay, I'm in total control right now. I'm sure we could come up with a lot of other reasons for poor decision-making, but that's not really what I want to talk about. I want to talk about good decision-making. Are we doomed in this? Are we doomed to fail? Is there any hope for us? I agree, yes, there is hope, and no, we are not doomed in this. God made us like this. He knows us. And he's actually given us tools and resources to draw from, to help us in different times. So if we want to live forward-looking, people-loving, God-glorifying lives, we have to learn how to make some decisions ahead of time. See, sometimes things just come at us and we have no control over that. I'm not talking about those decisions. But there are certain decisions that we can decide ahead of time. When this happens, this is what I am planning to do. This is what I want to do. You might not always get it right, but we have to learn how to do that more and more. Just like if you um, have been in the military or first responders, when the heat of the moment happens, how do you know what to do? Well, you've practiced and you've trained and you've planned and you've made decisions so that you know how to act in the heat of the moment in the right or best ways. We don't always get it right, but we have to learn and practice. I love what Proverbs 16.3, I put it on the back of your bulletin, says. In the New Living Translation, it says, Commit your actions to the Lord and your plans will succeed. Sorry, I had some technical issues, so nothing's on the screen today. Some of you are like, Phew. Commit your, plan, your actions to the Lord, and your plans will succeed. If you have the New International Version, NIV, it says, Commit to the Lord whatever you do, and He will establish your plans. Now this has to have some caveats, of course. This is not a one-size-fits-all because things happen to us that we do not have any control over. So we have to acknowledge that. Some things are unavoidable. And sometimes our plans are not the plans that God actually wants us. And so we wonder, I've committed it to the Lord, why isn't this plan succeeding? Well, it might not even be the plan that God actually has in mind for you. 
if you're making relationship decisions or parenting decisions or financial decisions or professional decisions or relational decisions, friendship decisions, commit it to the Lord. And the Lord will work to establish your plans. Actually, he will make his plans your plans. This verse is not a cheat code, though, to get what you want. I'm just going to commit it to the Lord, and, I'm just, and he's going to make it happen. That's that name it and claim it. This is not a cheat code verse. It is a conscious decision to trust that the Spirit of God will lead you forward in the way that seems best. In Matthew 6, verse 33, I put that verse on there as well. It says, Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. See, God wants to give us wonderful things according to his plans, but it requires some stuff from us, some work, some commitments. With God's help, we can actually think before we're in certain moments. When this happens, I commit to doing this. When I'm facing this, I have decided to do this. Should I look? Should I buy? Should I reach out? Should I respond? Now, when we look in the Bible, I have three examples from the Old Testament. I listed them on the back of the bulletin. Abraham, Ruth, and Daniel. The Bible is full of examples of people actually deciding things in advance of what they are going to do when the Lord comes a calling. In Genesis 22, God tests Abraham by saying, guess what? I want you to sacrifice your only son, Isaac. And we might be thinking, that's ridiculous. Would God ever ask that? But earlier in Genesis, Abraham has experienced God in such a way that he's learned that God is always trustworthy, and so he decides to believe the Lord and allow him to lead him in any way. He's decided to obey no matter what. Same thing with Ruth. In Ruth chapter 1, after a series of heartaches and disasters, she commits to her mother-in-law, even though her mother-in-law says, go back to your own people and your own country. And Ruth decides that no matter what happens in the future, she's going to commit herself to her mother-in-law. She says, where you go, I will go. Where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people. Your God will be my God. Where you die, I will die. And what about Daniel? Those of you that have ever read Daniel's story. He and his friends were essentially taken as hostages to a foreign land. They were told what to think and how to learn and what to eat and what to drink. But to Daniel, he saw those things as dishonoring to his relationship with God. So in verse 8, it says, Daniel resolved. That's the word, Daniel resolved. He didn't wait until he was stuck in the dining room with a plate of food that he knew would dishonor God to say no. He said no ahead of time. He knew what he wanted to do. 
Now, why did he decide this? This refusing what the king would give him could have ended up killing him. He could have been killed for that. Why would he make this particular decision? And I think this is the key for us. You see, Daniel understood that God had been faithful and was faithful. And he wanted to honor God because he already knew what he valued. So that's our question for today. What do you value? Deep down, what do you value? What matters most to you? And the more you're able to answer this question, the more your decisions will start to reflect the things that matter most to you. Perhaps you might say, I value integrity. I want my insides to match my outside. I don't want to be one way here and another way out there. Or maybe you say, I value faithfulness. I want to be faithful to God and faithful to my friends, faithful in the relationships that God entrusts to me. Or maybe you are at a point in your life where you say, I value purity. In a world of darkness, I want to honor God with a life of purity. Or you might say, I value generosity. I want to be like God, a generous giver of all that I'm entrusted with. And the list goes on and on. And it's not just one thing or another thing. It's usually a whole host of things. Think about that. Talk about it with the people that you love and trust. Pray about it and commit it to the Lord so that he will establish your plans based on the values that he's developing within your heart. When you do that, what is happening in those conversations and moments with yourself and God and yourself and the people that you trust and in your prayers, you are deciding the values that will guide the decisions you make. The values that are held close. The values that God is working hard to instill and develop in your heart. This is always a work in progress, we understand. Why does this matter so much? Because the more clear your values are, our decision-making actually improves. I think one of the Disney people said that. Clear values improve decision-making. Because we've committed it to God, and we're seeking God's truth, and we're clarifying what it is that we value based on God's word and what he says through his spirit, we can decide ahead of time that when we are facing certain situations, this is what I resolve to do. Will it always work perfectly? No, of course not. We still make mistakes all the time. But if we do nothing ahead of time with no thought or preparation, then we're also making a decision. A decision that probably will not end up with the outcomes that we would prefer. So as you look at what you value, ask yourself, are my decisions allowing me or helping me to move in that direction? The direction that I want to be going. And if not, then maybe it's time to do something different.
to help guide us in this. Over the next six weeks, we're going to address six negative qualities. There's a lot more, but I just want to pick six. Don't worry, there's plenty of negative qualities that will derail our decisions. We're all well aware of a lot of them. So I'm going to focus on just six. And they're things like this. When we are unprepared or unaware, when we are inconsistent, when we are unintentional, when we are selfish, when we are short-sighted, and when we want to give up or quit. And you might think of other ones along the way as well, but we're just going to focus on those six. And what I want to do to help us start addressing these different areas is also then to take it to the positive. What are the positive commitments that we can make to the Lord to help overcome this so that our decisions are not constantly derailed? The good news is that we can do this with God's help. Because you are not what the world says you are. You are not who the devil tries to say you are. You are not simply what you've done in the past. You are who God says you are. And who God is and you are who God is creating you to be. So I'm inviting you for these next six weeks to lean in and allow the Word of God to shape you, to go deep into your heart and imprint the values of the kingdom of God inside so that you know more and more who you truly are. Because when you know who and whose you are, you're better able to know what to do in the moments of high load or stress, cognitive, emotional, or otherwise. So my friends, commit it all to the Lord. Inquire and pray. Seek His face. And as you do, may the Lord establish your plans so that in the moment of decision you are able to honor God with all that you do, think, or say. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. God, we know that we make a lot of decisions. And so I pray that over these next weeks you will help train us so that we can be more confident in our decision-making abilities. And I pray that the new thing that you are doing within each heart here today would continue to grow in us. Will you continue to direct us, continue to guide our decisions in life so that you would receive all honor glory and praise may we decide to commit ourselves to you O Lord may we commit ourselves to your word so that as we read and hear and decide that you would transform and conform us more and more to be like Jesus father I pray for this group of people that in your power you would do in us what we do not have the power to do on our own so that we can serve you and honor you all the days of our life. Continue to establish our plans. Make our plans your plans. Make your plans be our plans. Your will, our will. 
We thank you, Jesus, that our standing with you isn't based on the quality of our decisions, but by your grace alone. Help us now, O Lord, we pray. In Jesus' holy name, And the church said, Amen. Amen and amen. So as I said, each week we're going to focus on one of those things that tends to derail us and then also make some corresponding positive commitments each week. If you're going to be a part of our Tuesday night group, we'll dig into that a little bit deeper each week as well. And now as we prepare to go, receive these words of sending. As therefore you have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so now live in him. Go forth in the name of Christ in his peace to love and serve the world in his name. Amen and amen. Church, have a great week. I look forward to seeing you again.